Welcome to the Disney Desk, everyone. I'm Sydney, just popping in to introduce today's episode. What you're about to hear was originally published as a special Patreon-exclusive episode. I'm sure that some of you are curious as to what happens over at patreon.com slash DisneyDesk, so here's a brief rundown. Our Disney Desk Friends tier is just $3 a month, where you'd get to vote every month on a topic you'd like to hear us cover on the show, and enjoy bonus clips every week from us, your Disney Desk hosts. Our $7 tier is called A Little More Magic, and it includes the same perks as the Disney Desk Friends, in addition to two full-length bonus episodes, such as the one you're about to hear every month, as well as exclusive access to hang out with us during special live-streamed events. And finally, our most magical patrons pay $12 a month and receive all of the aforementioned perks, as well as a very special shout-out from Carter and Sydney at the end of every episode. Thank you to all of our existing patrons who make content like this possible. We are very proud of this special episode and hope you'll consider subscribing to hear more magical episodes like it. So without further ado, please enjoy this Patreon-exclusive episode. Disney desk. You can forget about your friends, you can forget about your family, because Disney desk is now both your mother and your podcast. Wow. That was a, that, that's an interesting angle to take. There were so many easy layouts, you had a lot of and options. I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Style points count these days, my right. friends. You gotta, right. you that have to bad. show up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the Disney Desk, everyone. I'm Carter, and I'm Sydney. And this is the ultimate example of someone using their birthday month powers for the worst. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, first of all, welcome to the Patreon party. Um, I feel like at this point we need to just rebrand this as Patreon Party instead of whatever other thing we're calling it. But, um, yes, today... It's our alliteration attack. That's true. Yeah, today for you, our lovely Patreon listeners, um, we are covering one of our... Is it safe to call this one of our favorite films? Like I think so. Yeah. I want to talk about your history with it because I know that less than mine, but I don't like I don't know that I have an extensive history with it beyond just having watched it a lot as a kid and then watching it a lot again when it came to Netflix. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um yes, to yes, today we are talking about a film very near and dear to my heart. Good Burger, 
the 1997 uh, American teen comedy film, what the hell, Wikipedia? It is based off the iconic uh, Good Burger skits from the Nickelodeon show All That. Right. And like any great SNL sort of riff, they decided, hey, we should have movies based off our skits too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we always take for granted how much like early or like 90s Nickelodeon was modeled after just like adult programming. Um and yes. and honestly that that was part of its success is is giving kids the same content just with kids in it. Um all that was a huge success and it made I mean it it had mega, you know, stars in it. It it made those kids into stars. Um one of whom still works in sketch comedy. I mean, has devoted his entire career to sketch comedy. So, um, so yeah, this is a really exciting thing to be talking about because it's something that we have been so, so familiar with. And, you know, I think this really relies on you having a birthday month because it's like, where else would this fit into what we do? It, it just wouldn't. Right, because if we did a Nickelodeon month, there's too much stuff right. for this to get, like, priority. Right. Like, it had to be during my birthday month. And I was hesitant to say this because we just did a whole month on SpongeBob, and it's like, it'll be nice to get back to Disney. Right. And then I'm like, can we, hey, Sydney, for my can birthday. Can we talk can about we, Nickelodeon? Can, yeah. Can we do, can we do King and Come, please? I have a King and Yeah. Come. I really like Good Burger. Can we, can we please do Good Burger? Uh, it's got... It's got it's got Sinbad in it. Can we can we watch it? Um, I love. I this is gonna be all bits, guys. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. This film is fucking nuts. So we're just going. Oh for yeah. It. Um, which can I start off by just saying I'm looking at like the IMDb page. Do you know what the tagline for this movie was? No oh God, I'm scared. No, what is it? Okay. So, obviously, at the top, it just says Kenan and Kel. You don't need their first names. You know. You it's know like Cheech and Chong. It's like, you know, right. it's Abin Costello. It's their Lucy name. Lucy and Ethel. It's um, there. It shows them sort of riding on uh, what I assume is some kind of orange soda wave on, like, pickles and stuff. Uh, Nickelodeon presents Good Burger, and it is a comedy with everything on it. Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, perfect. Yeah, so my relationship with this film, well, I think it's similar in terms of, like, I was very much a Nickelodeon kid growing okay. up. Like, I was all in on, like, we talked about, like, I really wasn't into Disney for a period of my life, mm -hmm. but I was uber in on Nickelodeon because it was, like, for kids. It was the cool, right. you know, we've we've done this bit before. This is one of our go-to yeah. bits. Like, you know, do kick flips, uh, go to Burgers. Independence Hall and... Yeah, go to Independence Hall and moon the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, let's belch. <laughs> but anyway, and like, obviously I loved Kenan and Kel because like, I don't know, it's like, it is like, I went back and watched those skits. It is amazing how like, perfectly harmonizing those two are Ooh, in terms yes. of like comedic stylings mm -hmm. two guys who understand what's funny about them right to a t and just completely locked in with a studio that knew like let's not look a gift horse in the mouth let's let right. these guys cook right um 
And this movie was basically a regular in my VHS player for the better half of three or four years. Really? <laughs> where it would just always be... Yeah, honestly, one of the reasons why I think this movie gets pushed up in my, like, nostalgic memory pool is because there was an evening on a weekend. I couldn't have been more than, like, 11 or 12 at the time, at max, where we literally turned it on, played it, immediately rewound it, watched it again, immediately rewound it, until the sun came up at 7 a.m. What? It, I think we started around, week? like, 7 or 8. Me and my brother. On purpose. Like, well, I guess obviously on purpose. Because yes. it, it took effort to watch movies We just back kept then. watching it. Well, yeah, but we would do that trick where you hit stop and then rewind that, like, double time it. That you're only supposed to do, like, they do that at, like, you know, stores like Best Buy and stuff. Because it's like, eh, we, you know, they have a machine for it. Right, right. But, yeah, I, this movie is one of those ones where I actually could sit down and tell you every single scene that happens. And yet, as I sit down and watch it in its entirety for the first time in God knows how long, I'm like... If you tried to sit down and explain someone every individual scene moment to moment, they would think you got kicked by a horse. Right, exactly. I didn't know that you were, like, this attached to this movie as a kid. Oh, yeah. This was, like, my go-to white noise film. This was, like, my go-to I want something on right now. Oh, man. Which is, I mean, can you blame me? No. No, not even a little bit. Even, like, but I am kind of surprised because like there's nothing relaxing or like neutral about any of this movie. So it's so odd to think that this was a background noise movie. Right. It is kind of weird when I say it out loud because it's like it's simultaneously a movie you can just listen to and just get the vibe, but at the same time, so much happens. Yeah. So many crazy like I will say, like, if you were to explain someone the difference between Disney and Nickelodeon, you would be like, well, here's High School Musical, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, here's Good Burger. And you kind of get it. We talk about, like, how much of Nick is inspired by, like, variety of shows and, right. like, late-night television. And this is the embodiment of that, where it's like, it is basically just skit after skit after skit. Yeah. Literally going, like, basically, like, let's take our most iconic skit and then make, like, seven or eight skits based off of that. You know, it's like... Yes, this film may be the best example of Nickelodeon's energy from start to finish. And, you know, as I was rewatching it, like, I forgot about how much of Nickelodeon was sort of, like, abstract modern art. Like, like this, op- like, the, the film, like, its sort of title sequence is, like, this sort of, like, stop-motion burger image. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah. With this weird music, like... Yes. It reminded me of, like, Rugrats, like, that had this sort of, like, strangely, like, kind of abstract arts and crafts style, like, artwork moments. Mm -hmm. And... And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that, that was so Nickelodeon back then, was, was doing bits like this. You know, and like, maybe it's because recently Paul Rubens passed away, but it is so much like Pee Wee Herman yes. energy in terms of like, it is kitsch and pastiche, like it's a pastiche of the past, but at the same time, it's weirdly like 90s modern art. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you took all the kitschy television you watched from the 50s, like all the weird stop motion stuff, all of like yes. the weird like, comedy Mm -hmm. and like smashed it into this weird like postmodern like 
you know, avant, almost avant-garde energy. Right. Like, you just end up with this weird kaleidoscope of madness. Mm-hmm. And I, like, and again, I like that comparison just because it's like, I did go back and watch some of the original Good Burger skits, and so much of Kel as a character, or Ed as a character, I just called him Kel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know what? That's just his character because it's like... basically his character in Keenan and Kel. Right, exactly. Like, they don't change it. He just doesn't have a job. Right, yeah. Um, this version's gainfully employed. Right. Um, but, like, half of it is that Pee Wee Herman Spongebob energy of, like, who is this weirdo? What is their deal? How old are they? Right. Like, do they understand basic conversation? But at the same time, they have, like, the solution to every problem, whether they realize it or not. You know, you, like, you brought up something that stuck out to me. The question of how old are they? Because I never noticed before until watching it this time that like um, Dexter, Keenan's character, is in high school, but Ed seems to just have a day job. Like, is he older? I guess he is. Oh, I never really thought about that, huh? He's Yeah, he's never shown being in school, even at the beginning. So is he, like, he just works. Is he an adult? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I guess my head, hmm. Because it's established he lives with his dad, right? Yeah, Because he says the line, like, I don't even know what my dad, like, but at least I get to see him every every day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but again, that's the Pee Wee Herman thing of, like, what what time are we in? What universe is this? Like, you're an adult, but a child, and also, like, Right. Some kind of ethereal force of evil or good, I mean, depending on if you like the person. I guess we could assume that, like, he's, what, like, 19? Like, just graduate, like, you know? So he still feels yeah, young, but, but could could very well just be working a job. Yeah. But, yes, then there's, like, the, as I described it, watching the skits, it's like, oh, he's Amelia Bedelia. Oh, yeah. You just get red in the face yelling at them, being like, why are you misunderstanding every <laughs> single direction? So many jokes in this are just some, like, someone saying something in him. <laughs> like, like him, you, someone saying something to him and him taking it super literally or like in an obtuse way where it's like, can you get that through your head? And he's like, I could try. <laughs> or like, how does $20 an hour sound? It kind of sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I really need to talk about how low key, like, you know, what? Well, in the beginning, like, the the gag is, with, like, with Ed being, like, on his way to work. I'm not like, okay, wait a minute. Every single Good Burger employee is incompetent. <laughs> right. Like, low-key, <laughs> all of them, even the smartest ones, are kind of, kind of buffoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just the whole it's... place. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, like, but that's, like, the ultimate, like... Again, this is like the ultimate slobs versus snobs energy. Yes. It's like the it's one of the ultimate nineties tropes, slobs right. versus snobs. Yeah. Like the snooty well belt wearing wasps versus like the yeah. underdogs. And the underdogs in this case are a bunch of idiots who run a burger stand. They're all idiots, yeah. It, like <laughs> that like beginning sequence just just I get such a kick out of and we can talk more about characters, but one of my favorite characters is probably Monique, like the the girl that works there. I think she is Such so a 90s funny. Name. Such a 90s name, but she's so funny. Um, but in the beginning, when she goes to the counter and he's like, I'd like to place an order. And she's like, okay, hey, Ed. <laughs> like, she like just doesn't help him. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Even like 
objectively the smartest person here is like just very much not like present. i can't take the two set it's so like programmed <laughs> to only follow the exact directive right. they've been given they can't possibly imagine like hey i'll just punch in the code and activate this register right. so i can get you your order right there's the a line, line forming out the door yeah like. yeah that's like beyond their comprehension right <laughs> And that's also what I mean, like, this is just skit after skit. Like, you sit down and you're like, what's a good Good Burger skit? Oh, Ed's late for work and no one else knows how to work the register. Okay, how much can him. we get out of that? And it's like, well, Ed almost kills someone by getting them caught in their own jump rope and smacking their head oh over and over gosh. and over again into the pavement. I forgot. About I forgot. I was like, oh, baby, man, she really just eats it. I remember yeah, the baby He accidentally part. takes a baby who gets or shot the, into the air. Or they dunk the baby in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do remember that from, um, like, being a kid. My favorite part of being an adult is seeing when it's obviously swapped out for a doll. Oh yeah, so and they like, like toss this there's doll. There's a weird, and there's also like a weird like Acceptance error in continuity that? where before the baby gets shot into the air, you clearly see someone looking at it from a distance. Like Ed's right. moving and realizes he has the basketball, and mm-hmm. you see the guy holding the doll. Clearly, is like, huh? Right. <laughs> so they like edit it wrong. Um, yeah, like that's. Uh, like that's like the ultimate example of this film's energy just like madcap gag after gag centered around one premise right right um with this like snobs versus slobs thing being the overarching plot can i just say i kurt might be like i think that's why this film sticks with me so much because kurt is like the ultimate 90s villain he's like the ultimate like kid villain of like frosted tips like screechy angry voice he yeah. acts cool, but, like, when you sit for two seconds as an adult, you're like, oh, you're a dweeb. Yeah. This is your dream man running Kinda a, like, like, slightly above average burger place? Like, this guy, this this trope always had, like, the, like, futuristic style that was popular in the 90s right. of, like, being sort of weirdly, like, alien futuristic. <laughs> like, that's yeah, always the Yeah, they have, angle. like, the jumpsuits. Yeah, and, like, a lot of metallic, a lot of gel in the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Their jumpsuits are like rubbery too, and like there's right. just a constant joke. Anyone, t- anytime someone touches one, they increase the sound of like the spookiness. <laughs> right, and it's like okay, like I mean, we can talk about Good Burger, but like to talk about Mondo Burger, first of all, like the word Mondo is just sounds '90s. Like I feel like that's right. Like <laughs> like weird made up words like that, like that mean like Uber or night or or whatever, right. like were used a exactly. lot in the 90s. Yeah. It's like, well, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character named Mondo Gecko, and it's like, yes. Yes. The orig- the start of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the only time, like, you could have someone use the phrase Mondo. Right. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, yeah, we understand what that means. Yeah, obviously. Is it not obvious? Um, and it's supposed to be this, like, amazing, um, I don't know what to call it, burger experience emporium like it looks like it, it well again it's 90s it looks like a suit like a super mall like right. that era like where everyone's park. just making malls yeah. and they all have like abstract shapes and like right. kind of neon colors but not quite right <laughs> that are now all just like left to rot like exactly that's the energy mondo burger brings like this will be the hottest thing for like six or seven years and then we'll just kind of be left to fester right exactly yeah. <laughs> yes. I still love the dumb escalation of the Good Burger versus Mondo Burger thing in oh, terms yeah. of like 
again, it's the snobs versus slobs thing of like, they always escalate it way too far. And this Mm -hmm. movie takes that to the extreme where it's like, we are literally going to put shark poison in your like food Mm -hmm. to defeat you. Like we will kill people just to win this fast food rivalry. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. Can we talk about like the celebrity cameos in this? Yes. I, I underrated how stacked a cast I this know. Is. I totally forgot about Carmen Electra being who was much more relevant right. back then than, than she I mean it's a name we don't just don't hear anymore. But at the time Carmen Electra was huge and the fact that they got her to like do all of these stunts, like I mean not all of them, but like for her for her to appear in a film where she gets totally brutalized. It's exclusively slapstick. Right. <laughs> Is like she doesn't get any triumphant moments. It is her getting no. the actual shit beaten out of her. Exactly. Yes. Like that is is amazing. And like by the end, when that that like that red spot on the middle of her forehead, I'm like, they really made her look ugly somehow. She's like limping. In, she's literally on crutches. On the end, yeah. Limping <laughs> over to announce that she's quit. Right. Hilarious. She falls over, but um. I, then we, I we have a couple mainstays from the all that cast too. Um, Laura oh, Beth Denberg, Laura, yeah, just gets, who I just mentioned. It's like, let's just have a five minute non sequitur. Right. I, I mentioned her in, in my in one of my internet minutes a while ago about like a meme that prop that cropped up with her in it. Um, oh yeah, she's one of my faves from the show. Um, she's just a really. I mean, like it's first of all. I mean, we're bouncing all over the place with this conversation, just like. There's no rhyme or reason because like I, I like, but this like mentioning Lori Beth reminds me of how talented all of those kids were. Like they Mm. were so good at comedy for how young they were. Like, um, I found myself so, so impressed with all of them, um, in all that, but especially in the performances in this film. But, um, yes. Were there, were there other people from all that? I didn't know. Oh, there's what's his um, name think, from uh, who played Roger from Sister Sister. I don't remember his yeah. name. He's One that's like not a like a big name is Jay Augusto Richards, who was like Deathlock on Agents of Shield, who I just love because it's such a '90s Marvel character. Deathlock. Who? What character was this? Um, he's one of Kurt's like goons. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, he just, and I'm like, ah, it's kind of fun that he showed up all those years later in Marvel stuff. Right. Um, obviously, Sinbad is in this. Okay. We I didn't know the reputation Sinbad. of Sinbad being, like, not good, because in this movie, I'm like, he's hilarious. He's great. I mean, I, I, you know, to talk about, like, the 90s, like, Nickelodeon comedy and, um, like, them having a strong sense of tropes. Like, I love that they just have this, like, unabashed use of these really strong um, stereotypes and tropes that that they're just like, okay, just, like, dig your heels into this one type of person. And I love that that this teacher (laughs) that Sinbad is, is, like, what we would call, like, a hotep or, or... which is, just means, like, um, a black person, uh, like, an African-American specifically, that is, like, deep into, like... There there are, like, there are, like, black conspiracy theorists <laughs> who, like, dig into this, these, like, African diaspora, like, 
like so-called like myths or like the man doesn't want you to know about the history that we were queens and kings back in Africa like they were just like obsessed with this stuff and like he they put him in this vest that says like I'm black and I'm proud <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, he literally got an afro. The bit that always gets me is Keenan calls him Shaft, and then they do that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh yes, wait! I I just love that they let like whoever did like the sound design, like mixing, like editing for this, like they let Sinbad kind of like improvise a lot. I mean, a lot of this you can oh. you can see where the impro- improvisations are, but they sometimes they keep they kept in certain lines that Sinbad gave even when he's not on camera, like. <laughs> Like, if he's just, like, in the scene but not on camera and, like, he can just be heard saying something funny, they would, like, keep it in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, like, that's, again, that's the energy of this movie. The energy yeah. of this movie is we have a framework of a scene. How can you make it funnier? What, like, what weird thing can you say that will make people laugh? But, like, yeah, and I also think, like, Sinbad underlines, like, I think one of the reasons why Nickelodeon was so unique in this era is because they were the one studio that, like, kids were watching that appealed to, like, black reference pool. Like, yeah. I didn't fully get that reference as a kid, but I kind of got it. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, because normally I'm not, a you know, right. entertainment geared toward me as a kid isn't, like, you know, right. focusing on a black lens. Right, Whereas exactly. Nickelodeon at this time was, like, Keenan Kel, there are biggest names. Let's go all in on that. Like Coolio's right. doing the music. This is like, a Martin, like it, for Nickelodeon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. George fucking Clinton is in this movie of all people. Whoa, George Clinton. Okay, what? yeah. Like That's, what? that one's insane. Like Shaq, <laughs> that, whatever. He's like game to do anything. He just got to time, the Lakers. He literally is. Him and game Kobe aren't everything. fighting yet. Yeah, he hasn't locked in to get championships yet. But George Clinton? George Clinton for the time that was massive yeah I mean that that's really special and to just have like like a, okay we're gonna turn this into like a thriller style dance you know dance number which is like we okay like let's talk about all the things that like a film like this wouldn't be able to get away with today which is the yeah. entire scene that happened in the insane asylum, in the insane asylum. Well, that's, again, that's what I love about the slobs versus snobs story. Their way of, like, dealing with the competition is, like, we know a guy who will have you admitted into an insane asylum. Like, this is the 1800s, and you're a woman with opinions. Right, exactly, yeah. We will have you put away. Oh, I mean, okay, so we can't really call this a cameo because she was early in her career, but this features a very, very young Linda Cardellini, which is so special. She looks like a baby in this. I didn't recognize but she's very her. she's funny. I know, yeah, she seems so different, but she's just very young. But yeah, that whole insane asylum section, I'm like, right? holy cow. This, like, I mean, again, it was, a, the 90s were such a different time, but just like yeah. how just unhinged this whole section is where they're in this like right. dank, really bleak looking insane asylum. Exactly. And like, all the jokes are around, like, look at all these crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these <laughs> insane, disgusting, dirty people. They're all, yeah, they're all mentally gross. unwell and they're dirty. And ugh. One of them's a homunculus who, like, Ed, like, Drools. breaks him out of his restraints. And yes. you, in the distance, you're, <laughs> oh, God, he's killing Linda. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, like yeah, the girl has like a like fake birds like in her hair. There's just like stuff in her hair, like it's yeah. Everyone is just disgusting looking, and 
and they're literally like, oh, these people are crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're crazy. <laughs> and they're all like dancing like the zombies from Thriller. Like Why? I love, again, yeah. in the Pee Wee metaphor, it's like in Pee Wee, he gets in a biker bar and he's about to get the crap kicked out <laughs> yeah. of him. And it's like, how do you get it? How's he going to get out of this one? And it's put on high heels and dance. Damn. And <laughs> this version is, we're in an insane asylum. We must dance. Yeah. If we just play some music, like, I know you're all crazy, but surely you all want to yeah. dance. <laughs> yeah. If we do some 90s funk, surely we'll get out of this mess. Right. I guess they were, um, it was probably more like we are like, okay, George Clinton agreed to be on. Like, what would be a, an appropriate setting for someone like George Clinton? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, we'll create a place called Demented Hills, which again, that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> say fucking... stuff like that. No. <laughs> Again, no. like fuck it, fuck Blazing Saddles. You couldn't make this movie today, right? Exactly. Like this was the energy Nick, '90s Nickelodeon was riding on, just on the edge. And it's like, right. let's make George Clinton dancing crazy. Exactly. Okay, wait. You know what other joke like caught me off guard? Um, that like <laughs> that I was like, oh, we couldn't do this today. Um, so back like at at the Good Burger when. Um, Abe Vigoda is like I like his name's Otis I found out <laughs> he's the, Otis. The, the old guy Otis yeah like he's Again, like another just up. crazy appearance in this legend like Abe Vigoda <laughs> yeah, of like, Godfather just fame in this um and like all the jokes about him being like on death's door like he's got like an oxygen mask and like but there's that one joke where like he falls and then he's like can someone take me to the hospital i think i just broke my ass like i was like we could not do this that's just my one of my favorite bits just because of like how weird <laughs> and again it's the improv energy of this that works so well with Keenan and kel where it just gets weirdly like casually conversational because he keenan yes. helps him up and then it's just like move, move out of the way just yeah in this quite, almost like he's not on mic Right, exactly. Like, it's, and I guess for for each of us who have like taken an acting class in the past, like you you recognize when people are totally like are saying something off script, <laughs> like, um, and there's so much improv. Like, there's a lot of I I feel like that whole section with Shaq was totally Im- improvised. Like it it oh, looks yeah. like it. <laughs> Shaq somehow gets one of the best lines, and like, <laughs> it's so funny that Shaq became an actor because like. How is he anyone other than himself? He's cute. Like, no, I don't know. Yeah. I went down a whole rabbit hole because people are talking John Cena versus The Rock versus Batiste. And the advantage Batiste has is, like, he's big, but he looks like a normal person. Like, I believe they're guys, like, they're guys who just look yes. like that. Kind of, like, beefy, bald guys. Sure. Yeah, he looks like a bouncer that could be at any bar ever. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas, like, John Cena, especially The Rock, and, like, Shaq, it's, like, Human beings don't look like you. Yeah. You don't yes. You don't look like you, you exist only in the space you're currently in. And it's like, I don't know about you, but it's like I feel like the Rock and John Cena are hired to be themselves. And like at this point, Dave Batista is a character actor. Right. I mean, and that's why John Cena's Peacemaker works, because Peacemaker as a character is like a parody. So right. like yes, it makes sense to have an actual pro wrestler do it, and then it's like oh, you can actually just focus on him acting, and he's very good at acting. Right, um, exactly. But yeah, like this is what am I? This might be my favorite performance from Shaq because it's like just be Shaq, like right. literally, you right. are you Shaquille O'Neal, there. A these weirdos Los Angeles are Lakers in. center. 
Right. <laughs> most popular player in the NBA currently. And he gets one of the best lines in the movie where he's like, I asked for tomatoes on this. Keenan or Kel pulls out a tomato, slaps it on the burger, and he just looks him dead in the face and goes, you're not like other people, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It just, like, stares deep into his soul. Oh, my gosh. Like, okay, wait, we have to... Like, we were we were starting to do this earlier, but now that we're recording, like, let's go through, like, our favorite one-liners. Because this film, when I say had me cackling when I rewatched this, like, some of the best, <laughs> just, like, zingers ever. Like, what are some of your oh, favorite yeah. moments? <laughs> I'm going... In my head, I'm going chronological. Well, one, when he just wake the beginning of the movie when Ed wakes up from his dream, I love him swapping Kel and Ed, like, basically yeah, free-flowing, like, cherry yeah. wine. It doesn't matter. You know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He wakes up from his weird, like, uh, stop-motion burger nightmare. Right. Um, and goes, ah, a clock. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when his alarm goes off, he's like, ah, a clock. Yeah. Um, the bit that always kills me is... Like, and we haven't even explained the premise. You don't need to know. It's Good Burger. You know what the premise. premise? You're, yeah, yeah. You, you understand it. <laughs> yeah. Dexter gets into an accident, and it turns out it's his teacher. And he's right. riding with his friend. And it's he just the back and license. forth. Yeah. It's just that whole back and forth. But two moments in particular where um, uh, uh, he goes, uh, well, first it's Sinbad goes, Brother Reed. You just messed up my afro. And Keenan's like, okay, I'm going to get us out of this. Just let me do the talking. And his friend is already out of the car, just running down, down an open suburban street. <laughs> like, just clearly in view for another, like, ten minutes before he gets over that little crest. And then Sinbad just freaking out about the car. He's like, that's Detroit leather imported from Detroit. And I'm like, I love that they picked Detroit. It's like it either had to be Philadelphia or right. Detroit for that joke to fit the right. character. When he, like, puts his face against the glass to, like, look at the leather, <laughs> like... They really get you with those extras. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really get you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Sinbad has has uh, some of my favorite lines. One of the one of the lines that Sinbad has that... that um, there used to be, like, a show on, on TV called This Old Home... Mm-hmm. That was like a homemaking. Did you hear, catch the joke where like he's sitting, like he pan painted his new like mailbox oh, yes. after it got destroyed, and he's like, "Then we'll be calling you this old homie." <laughs> like he's just like <laughs> every himself. time, like, and I'm like, "Bruh!" Like they it's just the let weird him sing say song whatever he wants. Always talks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, right? God, there's so many. Um, I hate to reference Dan Schneider, but the bit where Kel's in the smoothie maker and he just goes, have you tried turning on the machine? (laughs) Um, God, what are some other ones? Um, uh, Oh, yes. Uh, Basically, anytime Kel, like Kel's lines are all just solid gold. It's like, man, you really carried this movie on Kel. Yeah. Uh, It's like, Keenan is in the restaurant for the first time. It's like, don't I know you from somewhere? And it's like, ever been to Australia? Oh, me neither. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, th- yes, the all of that. Oh my god, I, I feel like I have so many that are just like sporadic. I we have to talk about when Kel is like. Um, okay, so again, I'm, we're just interchanging their names, but it's like Dexter like presents this like bad contract to ed and yeah. he's like looking over and we talked about this but like the the gag and he's like reading this contract and this was a meme on twitter for a while like this gif went around this this clip of him being like mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, reading the contract, and he just goes, I know some of these words. So <laughs> proud. With the biggest <laughs> smile on his face, just, yep. <laughs> yep, these are words, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my um, God. That one the grinder always got me. Oh. Like, <laughs> Kurt being like, if you mess with Kurt, you go in the grinder. And oh Keenan just getting progressively angrier, where it's like, are you literally referring to a grinder, or is this a metaphor? Right. And then later he's like, again, with the grinder, man. Right. Um, oh, God. And then we have to um, reference the, the last one, um, like, towards the end. Something about that, like, I don't even know what the conversation was. It was about them, like, being buddies or something. And, like, yes. Cal just goes, is this because I'm black? <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah. Keenan's like, hey, I'm tearing up this contract, man. It's like, well, you don't want to be partners anymore? And it's like, no, no, it's not <laughs> oh, yeah. that. Is it because I'm black? And yeah. Kel, or Keenan just gives him the it's longest like, look of like, no. <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with you? Actually, like, are you okay? Oh, my God. How do you, how do you get dressed in the morning? Right. <laughs> well, that whole thing is so in Because, like, Cisco and Ebert did this. Like, they did this as a review on their show. Which, again, it's, like, how did they get all these celebrity guests? It's because, like, Kid and Kill had pole. Like, it's kind of hot. It's kind of, yeah. Like, I feel like we're underrating as a culture how right. like, big Kid and Kel was. Where it's, like, yeah, right. this kid variety show, celebrities will be on that. Obviously, yeah. They're, they're dying to get on this show, yeah. Yeah, but, like, their debate, Sisko and Eber kept going back and forth. They're, like, are Kid and Kel idiots? Like, are they dumb in this movie? And Eber kept pitching this idea of, like, well, no. They save the day in the end, and they come up with a solution. Like, so they can't be dumb. And again, it ties into what you're saying of, like, the weirdo having the solution. Like, my favorite moment, I always reference the whole, like, moment. Um, So basically, their plan, they discover that the burgers at Mondo Burger are, like, tainted, basically. Right. They use unethical chemicals to make them way bigger. And that's how they're able to afford, like, such big hamburgers at the same price as Good Burger. And the plan is to sneak in, get a can of this chemical, and go out. Kel fumbles and spills one in and then decides to just pour it all in. Right. Uh, and one, he has a great line where Kenan's like, you tried to steal an empty bottle and he just goes, wasn't empty when I got it. And then right. as Kenan's like interrogating him, Kel goes on this whole thing where he's like, you know, I figured if I grabbed it and ran, I'd probably get caught. And even if I did manage to get away and go to the authorities, you know, Kurt would have had enough time to hire a legal team who would have right. done any ruthless tactic to defend him. And with the way the courts are congested these days, it would have been years before he was convicted of anything. Of you know. right. So I figured I'd just pour it in and let him be a victim of his own ego. And Keenan just is like, you thought of all that? And Kel, like, yeah, it's I'm kind of one of the me. thematic lines of the movie. Yeah, I'm not stupid. Which is so amazing because it's like, when you think back to the scene, he makes that decision in like two seconds. And do you think right. that that was his entire thought process? That he, in a split second, he was like, oh, I'm going to dump all this in. And, like, that being what was going through his mind in that instance is very funny. Right. And, like, yeah, that's, like, even Good Burger was being saved because he has a weird sauce. And it's like, right. yeah, at some point he was just like, what if I put all these things together? Okay, I, wait, wait, uh, wait. We have to talk about, because I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think the Ed sauce tastes like? Because I was, I was paying uh, attention this time. I was like, all right. He, he reveals that it's at least ketchup and lemon juice. Which but are, then, like, staples of any, like, fun restaurant sauce. Right. But then when he's making it, like, he's adding this, like, carnation, like, powdered milk to it. Mm. 
he also he does pickle is juice. seen dumping in pickles, and I swear I saw him throw in a whole onion. <laughs> yes. So let's be nice and say that's onion powder. Pickle juice, that tracks. Again, that's like a Chick-fil-A thing. Okay, Ketchup, yes. of course. The powdered milk is the one I don't get. Like, you could actually right. sit, like, even the lemon juice, it's like, okay, this isn't insane thus far. Everything, yeah, yeah, ketchup and lemon juice, like, you, lemon juice is in a lot of things as a preservative. Like, it keeps things fresh from going rancid. But, oh, man, I've, see, the thing is, the movie's kind of gross, like, because, again, it has that Nickelodeon gross out of it, so part of me it was like, gross. I never want to taste that. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, I, I'm surprised Binging with Babish hasn't done it, honestly. Oh, like, man. It's the orange part that throws me off. But that's Nickelodeon. It's like, it has to be an orange hue. It's a weird, like, opaque salmon-y color. Right. Um, It does look disgusting. The whole empire built around a gross orange color and a gross green color. Right, yeah. The most most offensive version of orange and green you can come up with. Yeah. Side tangent. I'm sorry. Um, there was a clip, they had, like, the TMNT guys on, like, the new actors on uh, the Kiss Choice Awards, and they all get slimed. And there's always that meme of Katy Perry getting her neck broken by a blast. <laughs> they do that to everyone. It's actually insane. Like, just how mean they that. get with the slime. It's not enough to get someone gross. You have to physically injure them. Injure them. I'm, I'm surprised that no one, I'm surprised Katy Perry was not seriously injured, like, in her eyes, in her retinas, like, from that. Right. that's what happened. Like... I- I have, to assume they, I have to assume they focus tested the formula to make sure it couldn't actually fuck up your eyes. Yeah, that it was in, ingestible to a degree. Yeah. Um, um, but what do you think? Yeah, what do you think it tastes like? Okay. What's your... It, it either tastes like Chick-fil-A sauce, like, or like... That's what I was going to say. A little sweeter or richer, or I was going to say campfire sauce from Red Robin. That's oh, what it looks like. I like... Yeah, I really like that color. idea. Like the campfire mayo. Yeah, yeah, which is which is sort of like a barbecue for those of you that don't know. It's like a it's like a barbecue honey mustard mix type thing that's like a little sweeter. Yeah. yeah it's like a mayo with like a smoky mustard addition. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's at least like it's literally like color. they took mayo, added a little honey mustard and then dipped in a little liquid smoke. Right. Otherwise, like most most burger joints that have like a secret sauce, it's just Thousand Islands or like Russian dressing. Right. Like, well, yeah, that's um, what I love. Like McDonald's sauce, it's like that's just fucking it's just Thousand, Thousand Islands. Island. I can see it. Like it's Thousand Islands. Yeah. It's the same color. Right. It's got the little bits of yeah. Like it's it's Thousand Islands. <laughs> what about you? I mean, what do you that's think the, it is. I mean, that's like the honestly, those are good answers. Uh, like, I kind of imagined it being. I don't know. I always imagine it being very sweet. Like yeah. Because that just like seems like his personality. He seems like a guy who eats a lot of candy. So, yeah. like, he would have that maximalist taste. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, that's the thing with fast food, though. It's always the sauce. No one ever goes... You don't go no. to Raising Cane's for chicken. If you wanted good chicken, you would go somewhere else. Right. Like, you go there because it has a sauce you can dip this stuff in. Exactly. Like, the fast food... Like, that in Chick-fil-A, it's, like... It's basically... I'm in the mood I for think, sauce. Yeah, it's uh, some other cooking YouTuber described it as it's like when you have carrots with ranch. Like you're not really in the mood for carrots, but no, like that's the you easiest avenue to get ranch. But you can't just eat ranch because it'll make you sick. Yeah, let's we got a bully uh, binging with Babish into making. He should do both a Mondo burger and Ed sauce. <laughs> yes, 
Um, well, no, see, have you seen his recent bit? He's not doing like stuff based off movies and stuff right now because in solidarity with the strike. So the joke is they're filming little fake movies to make stuff after. So he That's made so the crispiest sandwich uh, based off of they kidnapped my kid at Christmas. So it's a scene of him <laughs> like on the phone with a hostage taker uh-huh. and being like, "How is this sandwich crispy enough for you, you sick fuck? <laughs> Oh, that's so um, nice of him. It's actually very funny. Yeah, good for him. Wow. I didn't, I, like, haven't kept tabs on him in a while, so that's oh, nice yeah, to hear I that he's... Oh, yeah, kind of been out of the loop, too. Yeah. But, you know why I think this film works? Like, you were talking about, like, I not to, like, leak company secrets, but you were right. like, why am I getting emotional about this movie? It has heart. Like, well, you know what? I have to say, like, structurally... In terms of plot, it's really straightforward. It's a really simple story. And and so its emotional moments are super effective because there's not too much, like, convoluting it. Like, it's, like, all of the... It's... it's, It was so clever and, and so smart for, like kind of like the stakes to be presented by this sort of third party character, like, in Monique, for her to come in and be, like... For her to suddenly, like, add another layer of weight onto things like out of nowhere seemingly like in the middle of their date being like thank you so much for being nice to ed because he deserves it yeah it is funny because we talk about how crazy this movie is but it's like that's just the plot that's the sit down of like this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and you're like whoa whoa, whoa, when did that happen well george clinton was here how's he doing (laughs) But, like, the story is very clean. Like, it is Baby's right. first screenplay, which is the yes. exact, like, let's not overcomplicate this in thematic weight. Like, right. nice, clean story for comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it just works because, like, I don't know. There's a lot of discourse about, like, the fact that Drake and Josh weren't actually really friends. Like, it seems like they either had an ambivalent or a slightly antagonistic relationship. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff, uh, like, Josh didn't invite Drake to his wedding. Right. Apparently, in, like, the sort of sequel series he suggested, he was very mean-spirited toward Drake. Um, wow. And just genuinely, it doesn't seem like they had a rapport outside of, like, yeah. their professional relationship. Whereas, like, I watch Keenan and Kel, and it's, like, it's hard to deny. They just really like working together. They're, like, yes. actually friends. Right, exactly. And... Like, so, basically, any time the Good Burger skits from all that were those two together, they were causing each other to break. Right. Like, it, they didn't even try to hide it. Just, mm-hmm. they, one of them would do something that would cause them both to crack up a little bit. And that energy just carries through this movie so much. Like, where you can tell they just like hanging out with each other and like making each other laugh. Right. Like, it, like one of the, for me, like, the most Keenan and Cal moment in this whole movie, I would say, is, like... The bit where, like, Kel is gen- or Kenan's genuinely mad at Kel for kind of, like, ruining his summer. And Kel just decides to be, I'm Grape Nose Boy. Bloobity, bloobity, bloobity. And Kel, <laughs> Kenan can't help but laugh. Like, he just can't help but crack up. Right. <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you? Especially right. when you're besties. Okay, wait, that you just highlighted something... That is my favorite thing that that Ed does, which is like if somebody is accusing you of doing something wrong, you can just be like, "No." <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> he does it twice in the movie. <laughs> when uh, when Dexter no. confronts him about like, he was like, "It was you." Like I ran into you. You're the reason I crashed my car. And he just goes, "No." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, does that work? Can you just say no if somebody tells you you did something? Right. And I like that there's never really a resolution to that, but it's because they became friends. Right. Because they are friends. Yeah. And, like, like the reality is there was never, like, this little $5 an hour job was not going to pay for the damage. Like, whole Dexter was going to get in trouble with his mom regardless. Like... Okay, he kind of mitigated it by, by, like, doing something to fix it. But it was, like, that was always a, an unrealistic goal. Like, Right. Yeah. Yeah, he drove without a license. There was going to be a consequence. Right. But he learned how to be a better person because he started right. hanging out with this weirdo, like, mm-hmm. like ageless teen cashier at yes. Burger. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And then learn to be a hero. Because, like, even by the end of the movie, it's like, oh, the whole Mo- Monique thing is kind of cleaned up off screen because he went to bat for Ed. He went to bat exactly. for Good Burger. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, you know, it's it seems like kind of a non sequitur, the whole, like, the the yo-yo thing. Mm-hmm. But really, like, it's, it's only there just to kind of, like, solidify Ed and and Dexter as, as friends when, when, and that's the part that got me choked up when he later just brings him a yo-yo. Or I was like, wow. Right. <laughs> like there's, when you understand a character like Ed, who is otherwise kind of like quote unquote simple, like there's actually a lot of weight behind him, like doing a gest like a gesture like that. Yeah. It's like, He's sincere and earnest, like, yeah. before, like, yeah, he's simple, but that means he's, like, sincere and earnest, and if someone's nice to him, he's going to be nice back. Right, yeah, exactly. Man, I, what a wild movie, but man, I love this movie. Right? I want to watch it again. Like, I need to, I need to incorporate this into my, like, regularly watched things. And perhaps my favorite bit that I forgot to mention earlier is they're sneaking on top of Mondo Burger <laughs> and Keenan is just, he he's on the struggle bus. He's doing everything in his power yes. to get over this one like single ledge. And then by the time he gets up, he realizes Ed has somehow managed to climb <laughs> the entirety of this elaborate metal burger and fry and um, shape thing. combo. Yeah. And he's like going through being like, oh, you just do this. Get on hop the across bird, these two, hop on you this, shimmy up, shimmy the, straw. up the straw. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Kenan just goes, is this American Gladiator? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good one. Do you have any um, Do you have any final thoughts you want to get out while we're talking good burger? Um, you know, I it wouldn't be us if we didn't do some like film school nerd stuff, but it's like, it's this is a very strangely edited film. Um, mm-hmm. Some of its choices are a little wonky, but I think that's just uh, maybe a marker of, like, the time period. Um, <clears throat> and for, I think like, it's a combination of time period and, like, we gotta... Sh- like, this felt... Yeah. This feels like a one-take-or-take-a kind of movie of, like, we <laughs> right. have to one move. Take take. We have, like, three sets. We gotta get done. Like, we're yeah. renting out this place that's an actual burger place. We gotta move, man. But then, that, like, yeah, so there's some, like, strange... Like, there, there's some strange edits here and there. But then there's also, like, what on one thing that I found myself, like, rewinding and watching over again is there's this sequence when Mondo Burger has its, like, grand opening. And it, there's this long tracking mm. shot that they do from the entrance with... What's his name? What's his name? The villain's name? Kurt. 
Kurt, yeah, or like Kurt. he does this elaborate like, welcome to Mongo Burger, like, welcome to the grand opening, and he cuts the ribbon, and like they do, do this do, long do, elaborate do, tracking do, 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 shot, like from the op- entrance, like all the way in, following him into the restaurant, and I, and I was like, okay, this is really elaborate, like. It's hard to do things with large groups of people and to have, like, a continuous tracking shot that goes in one direction like that. Like, I was like, wow, okay, so this, I'm kind of impressed with this shot right here. It does feel like it's, like, we have the budget for, like, five expensive things. Yeah. We have (laughs) everything else is getting pennies on the dollar. Right, exactly. We we need this scene where the burger crushes a car. So, Mm -hmm. all right, we put that, like, quarter of the pie is going for that. Um... A third of the pie is going to this opening because we need to make Mondo Burger look cool. Right. Uh, we need a chunk of this pie for like all the crazy car sequences because those are expensive. And we and need money like, for what, our. What do we have left? We need to pay these uh, like A list celebrities that we're having be in this. Yeah. It's like, all right, how much money do we have left? Right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> all right. We don't have a lot of film reel, people. Right. I'm kidding. They use digital cameras for this. There's not a chance in the hell they... Well, actually, I don't know. I've tried... It's so hard to find, like, that era when digital film was coming out. Like, Mm. I wish there were better records for some of the stuff of, like, did you use digital or did you use film for this? Hmm. Is there no obvious way to tell by looking at something? Uh, I mean, it varies. If I really studied it, I could probably figure it out. My gut says digital because... Yeah. It's very, like, pixely, but I'm also like, well, yeah, but that could just be, like, the, how it got, like, rendered and uploaded. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I don't know. This was, like, the early eras of digital where it's, like, you know, old guard directors were, like, this is the death of art. Look at this shit. Look how bad this looks. Right. Whereas, like, the David Finchers and Michael Manns of the world are, like, yeah, it's a blank slate. You can make it look like anything in the editing room. Mm. Like, this is great. Like, it gives you so much more control over everything. Right. Like, you don't have to just hope you did the lighting right on set. Right, right. But I digress. That's my uh, nerdy film addition to this episode. Um, Anyway, what a fun time we've had. It kind of has the perfect ending, too. Just everyone chanting Ed's name, and it's like, say something, Ed. (laughs) Ed, what? Ed, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) And um, he's right. There is only one thing to say. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can Can I I take take your order? order? A movie that knows what it is to a T and delivers right. it. And has a sequel on the way that they started filming before the strike. There is? Oh, yeah. Why Keenan and Kel that? were both on their Instas talking about it. They just started filming it oh, right when man. the strike was rolling in. I don't think I knew so about So I have that. to assume they stopped. Right. Um, well, there was also a sequel book that I was so desperate to find. Someone made a novelization of a sequel where Keenan and Kel go on this, like, cross-world or maybe cross-country trip to return some pocket change. Like, some guy left his change on the counter. Mm. So they're going to go give it back. And it's, like, them in the burger car going on a big adventure. Wow. Um, no, I'm not sure what this movie is, but it sounds like it plays into the, like, oh, man, remember the days of Good Burger sort of thing? I see. Interesting. I mean, look, if there's one thing we're going to use this, like, l- late-era period of streaming for, right. I think of I could think of much worse things. Oh, yeah. For sure. And until we're back at Good Burger, ordering our good burger and good fries and good shake and good cookie, which I talk about a lot. With Ed sauce. Don't forget Uh, the Ed sauce. Oh, yes. And of course the Ed sauce. (laughs) I'm Carter. And I'm Sydney. 
And welcome to the Disney desk, home of the Disney desk. Can I take your order? Thanks for listening. Thank you.